0: Hey everybody, this is Dee Snyder from Twisted Sisters, Celebrity Prentice, yada, yada, yada. You know me. And you're listening to Behind the Note Podcast with Chris Davis.
1: Now pay attention.
0: You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower.
1: Now. Here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, thank you for pressing play today on another episode of Behind the No Podcast. This is number 42. I want to take the time right now to say thank you to a few people that took the time to rate and review our show on the iTunes platform. And if you haven't done so, please go ahead, take 15 to 20 seconds, click the stars, write a sentence or two and leave us an honest review about what you think about the show. When you do that, it helps us to become more visible, and, and we have a greater chance of someone accidentally accidentally finding us in iTunes store. And that also helps us to move up in the rankings, and we want that so that we can reach as many people as possible. So uh, to the people who've done that, thank you. I want to read a couple of reviews right here for you. Uh this one comes from somebody that calls themselves the listener and they say this podcast has a lot of valuable information even for those that aren't part of the music industry. I especially enjoyed the episode with D Snyder. It was great. Thank you. Uh D Snyder episode was fun. I'm so thankful that D took the time to share with us. He's a veteran. He's been he's a seasoned veteran. He's been around many years and he gave us a lot of actionable advice we can apply immediately that was a great episode if you haven't heard that go ahead and press play on that uh this one comes from sue monheit from one chicago to another i've enjoyed listening in here it gives a nice look into a musician's life and just proves you can make it a career great work thank you for that comment sue we appreciate you taking time to rate the show and i'll read one more for you uh, this one is from harold Harold R. Harold R. He. Okay. (laughs) All right. And it says, Chris is a musician's podcaster. I appreciate that, Harold. And he says, love this show. So much talent and so much to learn from folks dedicated to their craft and their passion. Great episodes. Thanks, Harold. That really means a lot. And uh, that's true. I take time to make sure that we have great guests, people that are walking to talk. Because that's what we need. We need uh, good examples of people that are walking the talk. So uh, thank you for taking notice of that and for expressing uh, expressing your gratitude on iTunes platform. And speaking of walking the talk, let's get to the reason that you press play on today's episode. Today, we have an independent songwriter, singer, performer and recording artist with us. She has earned $25,000 on a two-month house concert tour, and today she's going to teach us how we can do the same. I'm happy to introduce to you today, Ms. Shannon Curtis. Thank you, wow. Shannon, for joining us today.
0: Thanks so much for inviting me.
1: Oh, uh, I'm so excited to have you. We're going to learn some valuable lessons from you. Uh, I want to start by just asking you a simple question. We want to get to know you. So will you tell us a little background on Shannon Curtis, the musician?
0: Sure, yeah. Um I I started started studying piano when I was 4, so piano has been in my life forever and ever as far as I can remember. Um and any moment I was awake, I was usually singing when I was a kid too. So music's been a very important part of my life you know all the way through. Um uh but then didn't really start thinking about doing it professionally until after college or right at the end of college. I studied biology at university. I was going to be a doctor oops, <laughs> totally shifted gears, but then started a band right after college and, uh, was in this guitar based rock band for a number of years, which, which is where I really learned a lot about, you know, what it means to be in the music industry, the music business, you know, how to make a record, how to book a tour, you know, what it, what it means to be you know, performing on stage and all that kind of stuff. So really kind of cut my teeth and all that stuff, you know, via the band and then started doing my solo stuff about, um, uh, I think I was just telling you about us. Uh, seven or eight eight years ago now um, is when I started my solo career. And, um, and, you know, I it took what I learned from my band experience and tried to translate that into, you know, uh, the solo career and started booking myself tours, you know, at clubs, venues, coffee houses, whoever would take me, you know, try, got out there on the road to try and earn a, Um, a, a fan base and that kind of thing and was seeing some growth, but it was very slow. And, you know, I mean, you're in the game, you know what it's like, you know, to, to get out there and, 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 and you, you get these little nibbles of, you know, positive reinforcement, but it's just a, it's a slog. It's a really long, hard slog. And, um, and to kind of like segue into the topic that we're going to get into today i want to give you the history about about this house concert stuff too um which happened at first accidentally because uh because a fan of mine in san diego sent me an email and she's like hey you haven't played in san diego in a while you should come here you could play in my living room and i'll invite my friends to come over and we'll ask for donations for the show and it would be fun and i'm like all right well i live in la so i'm like that could be fun. You know, sure. I'll at least make my gas money back. Let's go and check this out. And, um, I did not n- realize then that that night was going to start an entirely new direction for my career. Um, but it's been th- by far the most successful, fulfilling, uh, and amazing period of my career since that happened in 2011. So that's sort of me in a nutshell and brings us to what we're here to talk about today.
1: And this is the result of saying yes a new (laughs) new trajectory in your career. Great lesson right there. Absolutely. So so let's start out by answering this question. What is a house concert? Or you can also answer what a house concert is not.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start with what it's not, because this is probably one of the things that a lot of people get hung up on. A house concert is not a house party. Like, I won't, I will not let any of my house concert hosts use the word house party. Like, I will correct them on the spot. This is not an experience where people are gathered for a social event and there happens to be music happening in the corner. That's, it's not background music. It's not music, you know, to set the vibe for a party. A house concert is a concert. It's a listening experience, uh, in somebody's home. So it's a, it's in a non-traditional venue, but, um, because you're in such an intimate space and in such a controlled space, you can really create an environment within a house that makes connection over the music, the main focus of the event. You know, even if you're in a venue that's, that's, you know, purpose is for going to see live music there's still going to be a ton of distractions. You know, there's noise from the bar, the coffee grinder's going off every five minutes. For sure, if I was playing in a coffee house, like at my most like intimate moment in the set, you know, the the latte foamer goes off and it's like, really? you know, <laughs> And it yeah. makes so that like, you know, the connection that, I mean, the reason that we're doing music, right? We, we Most of us got into doing this because we want to make a connection with people through our music. And when you're having to fight through all of those external things just to get to the point where you can make that connection, it's just, it's a lot of, it's really hard to get there sometimes, but at a house concert, what it is, it's a listening environment where it's all about having this intimate shared experience over music. And it's just amazing. I'm, I'm an, I'm a house concert evangelist. That's why I'm here today. Right. Um, it's been the most fulfilling way that I've shared my music with people in my entire career.
1: Give us this one or two reasons why house concerts are so great.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that, that intimate thing that I was just talking about is, is one thing, you know, um, uh, not only are you not dealing with the distractions of a traditional venue um, and you can just really get down to business and, and be about the music, but, also like on a financial level, you know, when you're playing in a venue, there are a number of other people in line that need to get paid that night. You know, so someone might come and pay a ten dollar ticket or a fifteen dollar ticket to come to the show, but you know, there's the bouncer at the door that gets a cut of that. There's the sound guy that gets a cut of that. There's the the person who booked you gets a cut of that. You know, sometimes they keep some for the bar. You know, and you I mean, I don't know about you. Are you are you're based in uh is it Chicago? Yeah, is that right? That's yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm sure it's similar in Chicago to LA, you know, like by the time you're done performing in a, in a venue in LA, like you might have enough to cover your parking and your (laughs) gas. I've gotten there, you know, but, um, the way that I do all my house concerts, we do them on a donation basis. And so people come, they experience the music. And then they donate what they feel that experience was worth to them. And it and all of that money goes directly to the artist. So there's nobody taking a cut out of that. So on a financial level, that's one of the benefits. Uh, and it's a real benefit yeah. <laughs> about house concerts. Um, it's one of the reasons that makes it so great for a performer. But I think, honestly, the biggest part of it and the biggest thing that I've seen in terms of, of – um, What's great about a house concert from a uh, uh, an artist's point of view, and it's from the audience's point of view too, I keep coming to, back to that word connection. Like there's this really, there's a really, really ripe opportunity for people to connect with the music and with me as an artist at a house concert, which not only is a fulfilling experience in the moment and the night of the show, but it's the kind of thing that starts r- the relationship with those people where they become sort of like, career long supporters, you know, and, and that's really how I've started to think about my career is that it's a relationship with my community and a house concert is a really, is really, really fertile ground for beginning those relationships, um, that a are fulfilling and sustaining to me as a human being and b as a, as a career artist, really the foundation of the people who will support me in a tangible financial way to continue to make the music that I make for years to come.
1: Oh, that's great. And you touched on a key word on Behind the No podcast, and you had no clue. But (laughs) every episode, it comes up how important relationship is.
0: Oh, absolutely. So
1: it sounds like you're creating something where it's very intimate and you're getting to know what end up being your fans. They don't start off that way, but end up being your fans.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. So I want to ask you something else about how. Can you tell us how this is possible? What goes into making it possible?
0: To doing a house concert, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a pretty well-established uh, circuit of house concert hosts in the United States. Um, it's traditionally been um, uh, something that you'd find in like the folk and Americana side of things. And if you, if you do a little bit of Googling and looking around, you'll see that there are, there's a network of, of established house concert venues, so to speak around the country. That's not what I'm doing. So I I want to sort of explain that and then kind of segue into how I've gone about doing what I'm doing. I have done some of those traditional house concerts long, long ago. Um, but to me, you know, and and God bless them for doing those people who host, like these are people who host a house concert in their home, like once a month or six times a year or something, they have these series. And, and like I said, God bless them for doing that. It's wonderful. Um, but I found in my experience that that, that, that trying to access those house concerts, presented some of the same obstacles that I was finding in trying to book in traditional venues, you know, like there's still scarcity, you know, like in terms of, of, of spots available, there's still the problem of, you know, trying to route a tour, you know, when they have dates available and when you are going to be in the area, I mean like just logistically speaking, um, there's this, there's also the issue of it being sort of, they invite the same audience each time to their house concerts. And so you're kind of like dealing with like a, sometimes an overtapped market, you know, now let's flip the flip the page and I want to tell you how I do mine now. I in my house concert model none of the shows that I do now are house concerts that are hosted by I'm putting this in air quotes if you can see my hands they're like people who host house concerts, right? These are not people who host house concerts. These are just average Joes and Janes who are supporters of what I do. And I asked them to do something cool with me and say, hey, what do you think about us putting on this unforgettable, intimate event in your house for your community, your friends, your neighbors, your family? I'm going to play a concert for them. It doesn't have to cost you anything because I'm going to do this on an open donation basis. All you need is a space for us to gather and I want you to have a minimum number of twenty adults present at the event. So invite everyone you know. You know, tell them what a great thing this is going to be. Um, it doesn't have to. So, like the people who are hosting these shows, they don't have to have deep pockets. You know, like I don't. I'm not doing house concerts for only wealthy people who can afford to pay me to come and do this, because we're sort of crowdsourcing each event with these donations. Um, and so, in a sense, what we're doing because we're not going to these established house concert venues we're creating a new little market in every house that we go to and introducing my music to a whole crowd of people that probably never heard of me before. And yet they're going to have this intimate connective experience. And I'm, it's my goal then to win them over as supporters. So that's that's kind of, that's very wise.
1: That's very wise. (laughs) That's, that's great what you're doing. Now, one question that immediately comes up is what's in it for the host. Why will they say yes to you?
0: because it's freaking cool. That's, why. <laughs> I right. mean, yeah, that, that's really the bottom line. And I, and I, and when I first started doing this, I had to work really hard at painting the picture for the hosts as to what this was exactly and why it would be a fun thing to do with me. Because a lot of people have not experienced house concerts before. And I would go so far as to say that probably 95% of the people who have hosted shows for me, have never been to a house concert before they hosted me. Or sometimes they'd never even heard of it before. So I had to do some work to sort of like paint the picture. Here's what it would look like. Here's why, you know, because, you know... You you have to go into explaining, you know, why it's neat to have this like intimate experience over music. And, you know, I had to really do a lot of work to, to paint the picture. But that said, once I started doing it and people started getting an idea, I started posting photos of the events on social media and I talked about it a lot more and more people started to get the picture like oh i see she'll come and set up in my backyard and i'll invite my neighbors to come and that looks really cool and i would like to be a part of that you know so what is what's in it for the host it's mostly the experience and you know what people are looking for genuine experiences in their lives you know like we're we are told every single day what to drink what to eat what to wear what to listen to and you know all this kind of stuff i think that people are hungry for for genuine connective experiences. And I think that those people who want those experiences will, will get it, you know? And, and once they see you doing it with other people, they're like, yeah, I want some of that. You know, it's just a neat thing to be a part of.
1: That's good. You have to paint a picture for them. Then they get the vision. And they're they excited the about vision. it. Yeah.
0: And you know, I want to add to this too, that, you know, the people who host me are people who support what I do as an artist. And so for them, Mm -hmm. another part of it for them is to be able to say, I was part of supporting her in a really meaningful way. Like I was part of introducing her to like 25 new fans today, you know, like that's, Not everybody, you know, not everybody can play trumpet like you can, Chris. Not everybody can write songs like I do, you know, like. But there are people out there who want to be a part of these artistic endeavors. And this is a way that they can feel like they're involved and part of the story.
1: That's good. So tell us, what do you look for in a good host? Are you how selective are you?
0: Yeah. You know, um, I am not my two basic requirements are pretty basic because I really think it's important that this is accessible to as many people as as want to give us a shot so my two basic requirements are you got to have a place for us to gather and that could be a living room that could be a backyard it could be a garage we've done this in somebody's f- photography studio before so like just any space an alternative space so space together and a minimum number of 20 adult friends to come so you know that could be you know carpet sitting in a crowded living room. It could be blankets on the grass in the yard outside or whatever. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything. It's pretty doable for most people. Those are my two basic requirements because I found that if we do those two things and then we make this an open donation experience where the guests are allowed to or invited to give donations to the artist for the experience – it makes sense for us. It, I mean, it sounds crazy. It's like doing that that like trust fall um, icebreaker thing that you used to do in junior high. Remember what I'm talking about? That's yeah. what it's like every single night. But because we do it that way, it makes it doable for the hosts. And I'm here to tell you that that method, the trust fall method, really pans out.
1: Why 20? Is there, <laughs> right. is there a magic number there? Why did you choose you know, 20?
0: 20, just, you know, in, in the first several dozen house concerts that we did. Um, and by the way, when I say we, I'm (laughs) referring to me and my husband, Jamie, who's my partner in crime, he's a producer engineer. Um, but he, he also does all of my touring with me and we drive around in our Volkswagen together doing house concerts all over the country. But when we did the first like few dozen, we just, we were learning a lot about like, which are the shows that worked, better than others you know what what were the different you know qualities of each show that made one work better than the other and we just found that the number 20 is just a really solid number in terms of like number one fewer than 20 people doesn't feel quite like a special event you know like when you start getting fewer than 20 then it's it just kind of feels like well, there's a couple of us hanging around it's in this person's weird. living room. Yeah, it can be a little bit awkward. I mean, we want the yeah. intimacy, right? The intimacy yes. is important, but at the same time, we also need there to be a little bit of a buffer zone so we don't feel like we're the only person that this artist is singing to right now because that can be a little bit strange. <laughs> you know, so so there's that. And on the, on the financial side, because we do this as an uh, do the shows on an open donation basis, we have discovered that 20 people is a good um sort of benchmark to reach in terms of the collective compensation. So like if each person comes and, you know, some people are going to put $5 into the vase at the end of the night. Some people are going to put $25 in the vase at the end of the night, you know, but and it, and it all kind of like averages out, but at 20 people it starts making sense that we're getting paid enough to make this work. Cuz you know, when we're on tour, We've got to pay for gas, lodging, food, you know, all these kinds of things. It costs money. Plus, this is how I'm learning my living. So like I need to make more than just paying for the tour itself. And 20 just seems to be that kind of tipping point number where it starts making sense financially for us.
1: Thank you. That's a very good lesson. And you told us that your husband, Jamie, was with you. So just to be clear, you you do this as a solo act. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you ever done this with the band?
0: I've never done it with a band, although I have talked with a number of people since we put out the first edition of my book came out in February of 2014. And so I've had an opportunity to talk with lots of different artists over the last year or, and some change about how they're implementing the method. And I've talked to some bands who have, who have, attempt this as a band and certainly things have to be tweaked a little bit they have to look a little bit different you know um you know if it's a louder band you got to have a venue that can withstand you know some noise it's not going to like piss off the neighbors <laughs> you know um or if you're able to do more of an acoustic stripped down thing then you know you, you have to figure out how to work that in then you're, you're also dealing with more travel you know more expenses with people on the road and those are all things that you do take into consideration um but but with a band you also oftentimes have a a broader reach in terms of who you can reach out to to do shows. Maybe you'll be doing more shows as a band because you've got, you know, maybe four times the number of people reaching out into the community, you know?
1: Why do you insist on the host to collect donations instead of collecting money before, before the show?
0: Yeah, this is really actually super important. Um, and something that we've learned from doing it and experimenting. Um, so a lot of you know, I mean, we're used to going to music events and paying a ticket price at the door, right? right. Correct. Um, and I've been to house concerts too, where there's a suggested donation, but you pay it on your way in to the show, and yes, we've done then that. you go. In. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here's my thinking. I want to. I don't want to ask people for money before they've seen the cool thing that i want to show them you know like i want to ask them for the money after they've seen and experienced the cool thing and especially because we don't do the suggested donation and i can talk about why we don't do that i'll, I'll talk about that after okay. but um because we do a suge- we don't do a suggested donation it's open you can you can donate whatever you want for this event no one's going to be looking over your shoulder because of that I want to really wow people. I want to give them an hour concert where I'm, where they're like on the edge of their seats and hanging on every word, and then have the host get up and say, "Wow, thank you so much for that, Shannon. If you guys, ex, you know, ex, enjoyed that as much as I did, please give generously." And at that point, those people are going to be way more motivated to give a generous donation because they've experienced something. They've experienced the value of what it is to them. You know, like right. before they've seen it, they don't know they don't know who you are, what it's worth to them. But if you can make them laugh and cry over the course of an hour, you know, that's probably worth something to them, you know, and that's why we do it. And it's super important to have the host be the one asking for the donations too, because, um, they are like your ambassador to their community. You know, it just doesn't, It doesn't work nearly as well when the artist is the one saying, and now will you give me money? You know, like it's really important to have that go that in between um, sort of ambassador and and your host is a great person to do that.
1: That makes perfect sense, especially since you're just (laughs) meeting the people for for the first time. It makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How how and
1: why that would work out.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, did you want me to talk about why we don't do a suggested donation? Yes, please. OK, because I mentioned it. I didn't want to. I, I want to make sure we get back to that. Because so, uh,
1: hold on. I'm sorry. But because it, cause it, it know, does really seem like if you if you came in and said if you set a hard price, whatever that price it would be, it seems like that you would do better and earn better for yourself.
0: If you so just set a hard price,
1: it would. It, it, it seems like it could be that way in theory. So we're really seems, interested in as in yeah. why you would do things this way. <laughs>
0: Why I'm so crazy. (laughs) Well, you know, the experience that we had, and honestly, I don't know that I would have thought of this on my own, but that first house concert I told you about that my friend hosted in San Diego, she did not ask for a suggested donation that night. It was just a whatever you want. And so that's really where the idea came from. And, but here's how I've sort of conceptualized that. First of all, if somebody's too poor if, if somebody has been invited to this house concert and they are in lean times and they just can't afford to spend money to go out for entertainment, I don't want them to say, I can't afford to come to this. Thanks for the invitation, but I'm going to decline, you know, because I can't afford the $20 ticket or whatever, or $20 suggested donation. I want them to be there. I want every single person who wants to be there to be there because first of all, this is, a, we're about sharing music with people. That's the bottom line. Secondly, even if they can't afford to donate a penny At that house concert, if I can wow them to the point where they want to become a supporter of what I do for the long run, that's going to make way more sense for me as an artist in the long run. So even if they don't donate a thing that first night that I meet them, they're going to put their name on my email list to get my free download that I'm offering with my email list sign up, right? And eventually they will get a better job and they'll start buying my t-shirts and my CDs and they'll host their own house concert one day. And eventually that will make sense for me financially. So I'm looking at it sort of at the, the long game there on the flip side, though, if somebody comes to the show and you have told them this is a $20 show and they put $20 into the hat and that's it. But let's say that they are doing very well financially. And let's say that they were very emotionally moved by the performance if you told them the show is worth $20, they're not going to put in $30. If you told them it was you know, a $30 show, they're not going to put in $50. And I want to circle back to that show in San Diego, the very first one we did, where my friend did not suggest a donation for her guests. At the end of the night, there was a $100 bill in that vase at the end of the night. And that scenario has happened over and over and over again. It doesn't happen every night, but... If you give a limit to what people want to place in, in terms of the value that they have for that experience and the generosity that they want to express, then you, won't, then you, will, you will deprive them and you of the opportunity for them to do that. <laughs> That's
1: a very great lesson. No, don't set limitations in your mind.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah. put
1: your limitations on other people. Exactly. That's great. That's a great lesson. Yeah. I love it. Okay, Shannon, are you are you only selling your performance or are you selling other things? Are you selling CDs? Are oh, you yeah. selling other what are what are you selling exactly?
0: Yeah, so um there's the performance and then we ask for donations for the performance. And then completely separate from that is the merchandise opportunities for people to, to buy stuff. So yeah, I have CDs. Um, I've been on this tear lately where I've been putting out a full length album for the last once a year for the last three years. You're a bad so, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, but, but it's important to, to continue to make new stuff, you know, like that's, I've discovered a really, really important tool to continuing Momentum continuing the story. People want, you know, people are get excited about a new album. So it's been a really essential part of of what I do. But so I, yeah, I have CDs for sale. Um, I I've learned how to silk screen, so I make my own T-shirts and tote bags that we bring on tour. Um, Those are the only things that we are selling on the merch table. But I have like stickers I give away and other things that are happening at the merch table. Um, But yeah, merch merch sales make up close to half of our income each night at a show. So it's super important to have a good merch strategy. You know, the more stuff you have to sell, the more stuff you have available, the more you will sell. Cause there will, there'll be some people who will come up to the table at the end of the night and say, give me one of everything you have, <laughs> you know? And, and so you want to have a lot of stuff to be able to give them. Um, so I just really encourage artists as much as I can to, to be prolific as they can be, you know, and put out as much stuff as they can. Everything you make doesn't have to be the super polished studio recording, you know, like people dig the acoustic thing, especially if you're doing a house concert, you know, you're probably doing something more stripped down anyway. So have, have a, an EP or a full length of stripped down arrangements of some of your songs, you know, like so you can say to people, oh hey, this sounds most like what you heard me do tonight, you know, with just my solo guitar and voice or whatever it might be,
1: you know. All right, I want to ask, what have you learned? Give us some pointers on how to sell merchandise from the table. And also, talk about different price points that you have.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that one of the biggest things about selling a lot of merch is the location of the merch table. Um, and since you're at a house, you get to decide where that's going to be. <laughs> like, you, you don't have to have it in a specific designated area. I think it's really important that, that the table is located in a place where people are going to naturally walk in and out. You know, a, walk by it. If you have it in like a remote area of the house, no one's going to go see it. But if it's in like an, a, a traffic area, that's really helpful. I always like to have mine set up in a place too where um, where it's visible during the show because I talk about my merch during the show. And if you're not doing that, you should start doing that <laughs> because you want to plant seeds in people's minds during while you have their attention for the things that they can do to take you home with them. You know, so I like to be able to point from the stage to where the merch table is so they can all like glance over when I point to it and I start talking about what's available and they can start imagining oh that t-shirt would look really good on me or oh I see the cd that she's talking about that's the one I want so that they can make that connection because you know what, we have short attention spans and you know, you can tell someone to go visit the table that's out of sight, but it's, if it's out of sight, it's probably out of mind and five minutes later, they're going to forget about it anyway. So, um, so location is really important. Um, in terms of price points, um, I try to have a variety of things on the table. Um, I, I have been traveling with like some $5 EPs. Um, we're going to, we're not taking those on tour this summer where we've collated my early work into like a, a, a retrospective album that we're going to have for sale, but even a ten dollars CD is is still a low price point. You know, for the lowest price point item, um, and I, so I've got ten dollars CDs and fifteen dollars T-shirts. I put together um, combo packages. Like I've told people um, in the past, hey, if you buy every CD I have for sale over there, I will throw in a tote bag for you to carry them all home in. So they get something free with, a, you know, a larger purchase, that kind of thing. I mean, there's a reason why McDonald's has value meals, right? Like <laughs> we right. like those kinds of, of, of package deals. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, uh, I don't have any like really large, besides the, the you know, the deals for, for like buying everything on the table. I don't have any like large price point things at the merch table. But if you can, you can combine things to make larger, you know, larger items. And there will also be some people who will be like, yep, give me everything you have. And, you know,
1: that's a great sale and you can do that. How often are you on the road?
0: Uh, I tr- I do at this point, And I, again, this can, this could all change, you know, in the coming years. But um, over the last three years, uh, I've done my touring uh, pretty much exclusively in the summertime, the house concerts. Um, we've sort of dubbed it the summer house concert tour. And um, so this year, It's going to be, uh, our biggest tour yet. And we're, we're taking off, um, June 17th, uh, or 18th. Um, and we'll be, we'll be touring through the end of September or close to the end of September. So it'll be a nearly three month, Well, like a three month tour. I think we're going to have close to 70 shows all over the United States.
1: So I want to ask you, how do you (laughs) set up this tour? What goes into it logistically?
0: So how do I set up the tour? Um, yeah, you know what? The, the, the very, the, the, one of the most important things I've learned about going on the tour, now when I used to book like venue tours or, you know, I would, I would identify the cities I wanted to go to and then I would find venues and try to book, you know, I would draw my little route to those cities and I would try to book those cities um, on the dates that I wanted to be there. Um, and I work in a completely different way with house concerts um i like to say that i that the, the i don't choose the tour the tour chooses me and what i mean by that is i put the word out to my community and say okay we're booking the summer house concert tour who would like to host a show and then i get then i wait for responses from people and i go where the people are who would like to host it so i don't decide I'm going to go to Chicago and play a show in Chicago. Who wants to host me in Chicago? That's backwards. Like I, I say, who would like to host me? Oh, where are you located? And then if it makes sense, you know, if we have enough hosts in that region of the country, then we'll go there and, and do a show there. Um, but I found that that um, that opens up a lot more opportunities um, to connect with people. And you know what? It takes you off the beaten path too because, like, you know, I, we're doing four, I think four shows this summer in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, have you ever wow. heard? No. Have you ever heard of Pottstown, Pennsylvania? No, no you haven't. No, at all. No. Exactly, but that's where we're going. We're doing four shows there because a couple of years ago we did one show there, and sort of the viral nature of these house concerts has made it so now we're staying in Pottstown for four nights. Oh, you know. Nice. <laughs> nice. And it's and it's non-traditional, and I think there's nothing traditional about what we're doing here. This is not the way they teach you to tour and and grow your music career, but that's okay. We've done it because it's working and it's growing. And it's like, you know, I always like to say, it's like water finding its way downhill. You know, it sometimes goes in a direction you wouldn't expect, but it's finding its way downhill. So we're just following that path. That's good. Yeah.
1: Now you said something casually and I want to dig in just a little bit more about your, your email list. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the beginning. How did you build your list in the beginning from zero? What did you do first in the beginning?
0: Well, I mean, for me in the first, in the beginning, I was, if you want to track it way back, it was when I was in in my band, you know, back right after college. And we were just playing venues around town, you know, and had the email list out at the merch table and just, you know, asked people to come sign up for that. Um, and so it was a very slow build, you know, of, of getting people on that list. Um, when I transitioned into doing my solo stuff, I asked the people who were on that list from, with my band if they wanted to continue the journey with me and, and gave them an opportunity to opt out. But I, you know, so I, I had that. Um,
1: did most people stay?
0: A lot of people, yes, most people did stay. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. How many people actually read the emails is an entirely different question, you know, because the open rate on some of those things can be, um, pretty low sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 before I started doing house concert touring, I did have, because I'd been doing this for years, I did have, you know, an email list on which to draw. Um, that said, since I've been doing house concert touring, my email list has grown exponentially faster. So because it's, a, it's the same principle that we were talking about earlier, you know, people, you know, when you're, when you're playing in a venue and you say, oh, hey, come sign my email list, you're lucky to get one or two, you know, people to come
1: That's right.
0: sign your email list. It's just tough to get people in that environment to do that. That connective, intimate thing, though, at the house concerts, people feel invested, they feel like they know you, they want to yeah. continue this journey with you. I added, I mean, I think last summer I added another 500 names to my email list on last summer's tour. There was 500, yeah, there were 500 the summer before that. You know, so again, the the retention rate of like people that that become fans and stay fans is so much higher at house concerts.
1: And just so people can know how significant that is, for those that don't know, it's been said that if you have 1,000 fans, you can make a living off of those fans, assuming that they're what they call true fans
0: Yeah, that, yeah. that
1: actually are engaged with you. So to mm-hmm. collect 500 in one tour is, is really an amazing thing. And in, well, let me talk about this briefly and I, I'll give you a rest. Um, but for me, I'm very aggressive with building the email list because I understand how important it is. So. I think musicians should mention it from the stage, most certainly, without a doubt. You, you need to do that. But in addition to that, go talk to people in the audience and ask for them to sign up. I've done that. I do that. And very few people decline. Like, like rarely does somebody say no. So the the faster you can build that email list, the better your career is going to be. Yeah. Now, now I go ahead Yes please. Can I add something to that?: Yes, please. So
0: one thing that I've done for the last at every show for the last maybe I don't know four or five years that I've performed is not only do I talk about the email list from the stage, but it, it, it's not like I just toss it aside like, "Oh, and I have an email list, come over and sign it." I talk about why it's important for me that they sign my email list because I think people don't understand. So like I have a speech that I give that's probably been unchanged for the last four years where I say, yes, I I go, I go (laughs) through the whole spiel of my merch. Like here's what I have for sale. Please come get the stuff. Awesome. But the most important thing I have on that merch table is my email list. And here's why I'm an independent artist. I don't have a big record label, you know, telling the world about my album releases or talking about my tours uh, i don 't have you know fancy publicist that's you know that 's telling my story to the world. Being an independent artist means that I rely solely on being able to stay in touch with the people who support what i do so if you find yourself in the category of people who support what i 'm doing then come sign up on my email list. It's the best way that you can show your support for me tonight. Like I go into it like with some great detail Mm -hmm. to educate people as to why it's so important. Um, And I think that it makes a lot of sense for people like, oh, I get that. Like people don't have to think like independent musicians, but if we let them into our world a little bit and see, you know, let them know why it's important that they do this thing we're asking them to do, you'll see better results.
1: Oh, very great lesson. Very great. Um, I wanna ask also what are you giving them or what's going on inside of those emails? What are what are the conversations like?
0: In the newsletters that I send out? Yes. Yeah, I mean it's a variety of things, uh depending on what's going on in the cycle of what I'm doing. Over the last couple of months, um uh I I had a video campaign that I that I did a few months ago where I wanted people's involvement. And so I sent a newsletter out explaining what the video campaign was and what I wanted if they wanted to participate, what I needed from them to do that. Um, and then once that video was launched, uh, then I got to send out, you know, that new content to the email list. Um, that video actually ended up doing really well. It was, um, reposted by Upworthy on Facebook and was viewed like 3 million times in the, th- in the first couple of weeks that it was up online. And so, um, so I got to talk about that story and, you know, send, send emails saying, guess what, you know, we've hit two million views. We've hit three million views, you know, and, and being able to tell people, you know, the story. So, um, and then, you know, if I've got a, a fund, a crowdfunding campaign, I did a crowdfunding campaign this, um, this spring as well, giving people updates about that. Um, mm-hmm. but I tried to just stay in regular conversation with them. I try not to like overdo it. Um, you know, there, there are certain times where I'm sending an email once a week, but I try to do that only for a few different times during the year. Otherwise, it's like once a month, maybe twice a month, just to kind of keep them up to date on what's, what I'm doing. Um, photos from the road, you know, next project that's coming up, that kind of thing.
1: That's very good because you, you yeah. want to stay top of mind. So that sounds like a very healthy uh, distance between emails. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So, we, man, you've helped us so much. Thank you for sharing your time with us. My uh, pleasure. Yeah, I'm going to let you go, but not without asking first, how can we get in touch with you? How can we follow your career?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is shannoncurtis.net. If you go to .com, you're going to find an Australian author of romantic suspense novels, and that's not me. So shannoncurtis.net is my website. Um, and then uh, there's, a, there's a contact page on there if you want to send me an email uh, about anything feel free. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but then also I'm on Facebook and Twitter at, uh, at Shannon Curtis, Instagram, Shannon Curtis music. So yeah, I'm, I'm out there. I'm not hard to find. And of course we should talk about the book that I wrote too. Um, so I wrote a, I wrote a book about how I do this house concert thing. It's called no booker, no bouncer, no bartender, how I made 25 K on a two month house concert tour and how you can too. I realize it's the longest title in the history of books, but, you know, I had to get a point across. So if you are interested in, in the book, um, you'll find a page on my website um, that talks about the book, but it's also available on Amazon and uh, as both an ebook and a hard co- uh paperback. And if you prefer iBook on, via iTunes, you can get it there and also Barnes & Noble for Nook. Um, so come get the book. Uh, it, all my secrets, every single tip that I've ever learned about how to do successful house concerts are in that book.
1: And which one benefits you the most? Because we want to support you. So which method ah! should we buy? Which that's one? so nice. Yeah.
0: You know, they do all in some degree or, or other. You can purchase a paperback directly from my website. And I guess that's probably the, the the thing I get the most out of. But I just really want you to have the book. So however is good for you to get it, just
1: go get it. Right on. Man, great stuff. Great singer, guys. Great, great voice. Go ahead and look for some videos on the web. You'll hear it. And uh, we appreciate you, Shannon. Thanks a lot. And that was our talk with Shannon Curtis, house concert master, $25,000 in two months time. And what I like about that is if Shannon did it and she did, that means that you can do it too. And I can do it also. Shannon has created a blueprint for us and it's all in her book. All of the details are in her book. Of course, she couldn't tell you everything in this uh, 40 minute podcast episode so go ahead and support her by the book and just a reminder number one you want to build your email list you want to actually uh, write them and and get invitation into the home and then once you have that you're going to show up you're going to put on a great show and you're going to have merchandise to sell to accompany your performance like your cd recording or your or a t-shirt and give away your stickers all of this will improve on your income Thanks again for pressing play today and go ahead to iTunes, rate and review the show. And we want to reach more people. We can't do that without you until the next episode. God bless you. See you in episode 43.